Lexiton. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome to Passiton Podcast with me, Steve and Chris. Steve, what have you got for us today? We're going to talk about knitting and I have something to say about knitting before we start that it's uh, it's quite serious, well serious-ish, but knitting is not a hobby or wasn't a hobby for women in the 1940s, 50s and 60s. It was an absolute necessity. You had to knit because there was no other way to buy clothes or to get clothes for your children and your family, and especially warm clothes that you had to keep warm. Which was important in Scotland. And it was absolutely. Quite fair. Yes, it was, yeah. Um, <laughs> growing up, there was a certain amount of snobbery. If you managed to have a bought jumper from mm-hmm. a, uh, a shop, that was a wee bit posh. Most of us just wore hand-knitted stuff. But there was a great deal of competition also between mothers who would knit, because if you sent your child out with a... a a top, a jersey that had a dropped stitch that much. You is not very good at the old knitting. Bad mum. And well, absolutely yes, bad mm-hmm. mother. <laughs> and sometimes they would give you very fancy necks with crossover bits that, with buttons. Well, those usually those leather type buttons that. Uh, oh yes, leather covered buttons. Indeed, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and they would have a wee bit of a collar, and sometimes there would be a double cuff sewn mm. in. And if it fitted you well, mm-hmm. that was good. And it was a another badge of honour if you had three sons, like my mother had three sons that had good knitting. She would see older son in jersey, then passed on to younger son with jersey, and then the, the youngest son. They would all have the same jersey. So knitting was vitally important. And as we go into this, uh, as I go into read some of these out, bear in mind we are trampling on the dreams of these people if we uh, mm. give them a bad review a for their... Uh, it's not a shame. It was uh, people were very, very proud of it. Right. So here is a very, very old tip from just after the war: socks. When knitting socks for our fighting lads, knit a few odd size, odd sized pieces to patch heels, etc. And remember to leave a long length of wool and enclose a darning needle. From Mrs. M. Smith, thirteen Seaton Road, Aberdeen. That is so nice. It is nice. That is really She's nice. sending out a patch. Under a pair kit to the soldiers, to the boys in the army or maybe wherever yeah. to keep them warm. And there is a loveliness to that yeah. that is uh, really quite touching. I think I they think. would have fixed them. Yes, absolutely. Aye, yeah. yeah. Because the alternative yeah. is, is to, to walk about socks. in those hard socks and those hard boots. What's particularly touching about that tip is not just the maternalistic. You know, taking care of somebody mm-hmm. aspect of it is the fact that she's included the needle as well. The whole yeah. thoughtfulness. Because, of course. You're on the front line, mm-hmm. you might not necessarily have access. No yeah. access to anything, really. anything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, that is so sweet. I know. Now I, know. I won't say a bad word about knitting. <laughs> okay, then. If you're so impressed, mm-hmm. take this. Needles. If the point of your celluloid knitting needle snaps, use a nail file to shape a new one. Mrs. T. Haggerty, 24 Otago Lane, Hillhead, Glasgow. Yep. Again, not even not only is she wonderful at knitting and is obviously very skilled at it, mm-hmm. but she is uh, refurbishing her knitting needles as she goes. Well, it's a bit like darts; you sort of sharpen them, don't you? And it is, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it, that they're so? I, I, 
I well, just wouldn't think about that. No, that's the thing. Exactly what I was going to say. It's so funny. If Steve reads out these tips, my mind immediately goes to, would I do that? Mm-hmm. Or would I today as a 39-year-old man, would I just chuck them and get a new pair? And I don't know what the answer is to that. I wouldn't think, oh, my needle's broken. I shall sharpen it. I would think, right, I'll just nip up to the cash shop and get some. Yeah. yeah. For £1.88 or whatever as well. Yeah, Which is bad, awful, isn't it? Awful, awful, awful. Yeah. Yes. Oh. We have entered a throwaway culture. So, were knitting needles back from. in the day like metal then? A lot of them were metal. I remember them being a a wire-like shiny silver material. Mm. I think they were coated with a sort of a, an enamel paint to make them slidier. Okay. But this one was celluloid. So kind this, of one was, uh, this is possibly a, a bit of a posh, good knitting needle. I have to admit, I don't know an awful lot about no. knitting needles. Well, they're, they're now plastic, aren't they? So well, they? often wood as well. Bamboo. Yeah, bamboo ones. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There were, there were wood back in the day as well. It was a turned piece of wood. Actually, I think I remember my father making knitting needles for my mother. He had a lathe in the garage. And the lathe was a wonderful piece of equipment that I longed to get my hands on. But my Were your older brothers allowed? No, nobody was allowed. Nobody but your dad. Nobody no. but my dad. Um, Dangerous uh, piece of equipment. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it took me until I was into my teens before I was allowed to uh, work the lathe. And... It was an electrically operated thing, and my father, I think, either took a fuse out or did something to the motor to keep us right. away from it. Right, okay. But he also had a... Which, what thing's a lathe again? Turn, 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 turn. Like the sand in he built? No, like, no, no, no. It's a, a thing for turning. Oh, it, right, yeah, yeah. You put a sort of, effectively, if you put a square stick, mm-hmm. you would fix it at both ends, and mm-hmm. then it spins really fast, and you there's a sort of bar to rest your tool on your lathe tool mm-hmm. and you would then introduce the tool it. to the lathe and shape it into a round thing okay it's a oh it's a wonderful piece of i sort of almost salivate with the notion of <laughs> what else did your dad have in his tool shed he had um, many things we had uh, the remnants of several cars we had mm-hmm. um the lathe uh he had a whole array of uh, gardening tools whole array of spanners um he would fix my bike whenever it needed fixed he would do very very clever things to replace spokes when spokes in the the bike wheel need replaced yes <laughs> <laughs> no we used where they came from yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's why your bike never any spokes Steve. <laughs> um but what, what other equipment did he have um well to be honest we're talking about i'm talking about the 1960s here he had the lathe but he did not have any mm. other sort of heavy machinery he had a wonderful hand-used uh, drill that you would, not an electric drill, but the same idea, but you had to work it by hand, which, again, was a, a small object of desire for me. But I there's loved the, that. The reason I'm asking is, I'm absolutely, I'm, as a, a father and as a human being, as a man, there's there's a bit of me is, is definitely very envious of and very intimidated by, frankly, that kind of very capable, yeah. uh, handy, the classically masculine a skill set but b that tool set that they had but they i think like my like my dad he had just that understanding of just how to do things yeah whereas like care my boyfriend in the house like he has a basic understanding but just not that kind of natural i would i would suggest you know? that that understanding comes from experience i, yeah. I yeah, suspect probably. that those things that seem so innate and those skill sets yeah. and six senses that that the older generations mm-hmm. have Actually, I would submit that's just experience, experience, experience. The yeah. difficult, the difference is that people of our generation, Connie, we don't, 
be, we're not exposed to that no. the, the, that no. same experience. We can't build that, and our and our parents aren't sitting with us and and making us use yeah. the lathe mm-hmm. or, or whatever, or whatever yeah, it is. That's true. There is also an attitude that goes with it. My father would look at something needing done mm-hmm. and would do it, and there was no sort of hesitation. No, how will we get this done? What will we do? Just uh, my house. Uh, when when I was growing up, there was two rooms upstairs, but we had. Uh, three children and my father said right well I'll tell you what I'll do I'll put an extension on the roof and one day we just started doing it he got in a couple of friends to help um, I think we got a professional joiner at one point but largely got up there took the uh, slates off the bit he was going to mm-hmm. mend uh, created a dormer window rearranged where the interior uh, walls were and he just got on and did it and I have grown up with that sort of right if something needs done I will do it I, I yeah. Well, remember another time my, my mother said we need a, a new kitchen table. This isn't big enough. And my father's out in the garage. We had bits of wood. Oh, in old men have I got bits of wood? We do. We do. Yeah. I still to this day have bits of wood in the in the shed. <laughs> and it was it was I don't know. It was almost a uh, an expectation that if something needed done or something needed fixed, that that my father would be able to do it. And um, that was just normal. Mm-hmm. It was there was no nothing so, magic with it. But the guy next door, my neighbour Stan, he could do stuff as well. And on the other side, Ron and Millie, <laughs> they did stuff as well. It was everybody was able to do it. Yeah. So, so here's a question: I uh, this will make you laugh, Steve. I have a three D printer at home, so I have a device that can um, oh, you input CAD files that into is it, cool. and it can create the, the forms of what you want. And I have used that, for example, with my wife's uh, sewing machine, which was missing a foot. I've designed a replacement foot for it on my computer and 3D printed it and wow. and and installed it. How does some, do I get points for that? You absolutely <laughs> I'm I'm thinking of that to be honest cuz it's a shortcut it's a modern way. If my father had noticed that the sewing machine needed a new uh a new foot. foot then he would either have crafted it out of metal or carved it from wood. But in some way it would have been done. But it's the it's the same notion. You need it. You need something. You find a way to fix it. But that's and not really a shortcut because then how long would it have taken you to design it on your computer? Probably not like days and days. Yeah. But you know, still a, a quite a amount of concentration. So, and so I remember this exactly that thought coming to me when I was a, a little boy. I've always been interested in computers. I've always liked computers and technology. And mm-hmm. I remember as a little boy, um, sort of playing a trick on an older neighbour, a friend of ours who was. Very much like your dad, Steve, very, very crafty. Uh, that's the wrong word, but, you know, very, very capable with mm. tools. And he would make a lot of things and very proud of it. And I remember presenting him sort of as a fait accompli with um, some beautiful calligraphy that mm. I'd just done on the computer. And he was very dismissive and he said, oh, there's no skill in that. But I remember even as a boy thinking, well, there's not the skill of calligraphy, but you couldn't do what I've just done. Yeah. You know, you, you couldn't have operated the computer in order to make it do the thing I've just made it do. And there's a there's something in that it's just a different skill set. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so, uh, you I think that's you really use cool. the skills that you have, you do you do the things that you mm-hmm. you do. I'm I'm interested actually in the terminology, uh, Chris, you saying that you would be intimidated by my father uh, in a, that sort of manly way. That is absolutely hesitating to say don't like the terminology, but my father's not an intimidating man. No, absolutely. No, 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 that's was, abs- it's, was, uh, it's my hang up for sure. But it's, it's the same thing with football, even. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. not interested in football in the slightest. Mm-hmm. I find it, I find that um, instant matey 
jocular thing that that men can do when talking about football mm. i find that quite intimidating because it's not yeah. it's not something i can readily i can't hook into that conversation yeah i don't have the the same and it's it, it's not that the people having those conversations are intimidating mm. of course they're not <laughs> just blokes having a chat about yeah. footy yeah. but but for me it, it's quite intimidating and the same thing with your dad i'm sure he was a lovely mm. man mm. um but that 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 skill set uh, is his, his ability to just turn his hand to things and to you know, gruffly and pragmatically walk into the shed at the yeah. bottom of the garden and do work. And just have it in him, that kind of, it's almost like the kind of, not caveman, that's not true, but like these natural sort of instincts, it looks like to me, because I kind of think sometimes, care like, why do you not have these? Why can't you just put up a shelf rather than having yeah. to Google it and phone your dad 10 times, you know? Mm. And it is, you're right, it's experience, but I kind of, don't. I don't get annoyed, but I don't understand why, stereotypically which is perhaps wrong men should be able to do these things mm-hmm. but he can't instantly guys bizarrely i'm standing here doing this podcast listening to you guys talking and it bizarrely makes me very very proud of my father sure um, it's as it ought to, it should, uh, it? yeah it's definitely. actually it's really quite a buzz to be honest I'm, I'm looking at my dad and thinking well he did everything that was needed yeah. done and um i didn't really appreciate it at the time mm-hmm. i was just slightly filling up my <laughs> dad On that happy note, we're just going to take a quick break and we'll be back right after this. Hi, Steve here without those two other people, whoever they are, interrupting for a change. I need to tell you how to get your hands on the book. You can get 20% off both Pass It On books if you use the discount code PODCAST at checkout at dtthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms, whatever episode notes are. Right, welcome back folks um, The pain you can hear in my voice is my knuckles have been wrapped Because we've drifted so far from the topic we've got from knitting to manliness I, I forgot we were talking about knitting <laughs> So, <laughs> we were talking about knitting no. Knitting and darning So this next tip is about darning before I start this, though... Well, you've started it already, so you'll finish. I will, but do you know what darning yes, is? darning sucks. Good. Okay. okay, I'm going to press my button again. Okay. Darning. Always use a short thread when darning. A long thread pulled back and forth across a tear or hole in a garment is liable to pull and stretch the darn out of shape. Miss, Miss McGregor, mm-hmm. Sutherland Cottage, Keir Street, Dunblane. Is it wrong that when someone has a miss, I kind of go, mm, scandal, you know? Like, I know I shouldn't, but back in, the fifth, back in those days, like, surely, basically, everyone was married. Yeah, it's a fair point. And, and young, yes. But on the other hand, there was a lack of men. Because they were always fighting. Or, or had been oh. killed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Especially okay. uh, after the First World War, where there was an awful lot of... Every time you see these war memorials in, in my village, certainly, there's... Uh, there's village. <laughs> well, it was a village then. There's forty odd names on the war memorial, and that was forty odd women who couldn't find a man. Assuming hesh <laughs> normativity, <laughs> the women wanted to find men. But I think that the tip is really good. But it is very, it's a, you know, obviously a long thread makes it easier to, yeah. to manage. So that's yeah. she's a pro, you know, she is. She and she, she's assuming with. that everyone reading yep. this is a pro yeah. as well. Pro sort diner. Well, see, that's the thing about these knitting tips. You know how the Sunday Post back in its day it would give prizes for the best tip yeah. it would give a guinea or a pair of towels or something the knitting ones very very rarely have 
a prize given to them. And That's a shame. I, have a, I know, and I have a theory on that because most of the journalists working in the Sunday Post office were men. And they didn't appreciate. They didn't really, value. No, they didn't value. They're really technical and really very, very clever. I'll read one out to you here. Polo necks. When knitting pullovers with polo necks, cast off with double wool and a larger size knitting needle. This makes the neck much stronger and it stretches easily. Mrs. I.J. Keane, 2 Summertrees Avenue, Grove Park, London. Now, that tip in itself is technically superbly brilliant. That yeah. is an actual mechanical difficulty that people knitting will come across and it's really, this woman has solved it and she's written in. And that is That itself is a, is a very, very clever thing. But she doesn't win a prize because the guys, they don't the blokes, put two and two together. the gentlemen, you don't see what they don't see the, the genius yeah. behind it, it. It's true though, my wife used to uh, work as a production editor on a knitting magazine mm-hmm. and the idea of Proofing, proofreading, checking for errors, knitting patterns will blow your mind. And, yes. and it, it genuinely exercises me. It makes me very, very angry that... So I worked in the same company at the time, actually, in, in the tech division. And the almost always boys in my department would be a little bit sniffy and jokey about the, the craft division, despite mm-hmm. the fact they brought in much, much more money than, than <laughs> ours did. Mm-hmm. Um, because the people who do craft, dear God, they've got money to spend and they spend it. But but yeah. they, they they would sort of see this as being sort of fluffy and, and cute and, mm-hmm. and, and feminine and, and, and a little bit silly. The, the, if you've ever looked at a knitting pattern, it is significantly more complex. Yeah. Or, or rather, no, it's not more complex, but it is absolutely as complex as a computer program. It's yes. a bit of coding. It yeah. is. When, that's what it is. So when they were proofreading them, would they have like knitters who would do them yes. to ensure that there was oh, no mistakes? Not, not, al- not always no. to do them, but they, they would sort of you know, do them in their heads. Go through the thing. motions. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And they would work it out. But it's all it's all in code. It's you know, K2, it P1. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, it's very yeah. abstract and esoteric. It's very hard to, to hook into to mm. understand what's mm. happening. When I worked in the... Um, I was a Saturday girl in the craft shop in the village that I live in. We some people used to bring in their knittings and things and you know pieces, and some of them were like, I was amazed that you could do some of the things you can do with you know essentially wool and a pair of needles, mm-hmm. and obviously a, a lot of skill. But yeah, some of the things you can make and create, and some of the magazines that we have in our building, you know, that contain this stuff, you can make anything like yeah. you know fake biscuits and you know <laughs> yeah. you know knitted out of custard creams and things well I'll give you I'll, I'll give you my, my favorite go-to example for the the extremeness of things you can create in knitting so the uh landing computer for some of the early apollo missions uh-huh. was effectively knitted and i'm not exaggerating it was a kind of macrame wow. with ferrite beads little metal beads at particular uh-huh. points along the uh-huh. the length and that's what hard encoded the programs for the computer into the spaceship so and and again that was done by women it was uh-huh. it was women who did it yeah. let's skills. not skills. let's not forget yeah. that the word computer mm-hmm. is a, it comes from computers which are almost always women uh, yeah. you know and and the, oh, that, you watch the, that film the skill film. involved in these things is just Astonishing! It is. There's an attention to detail mm. required there mm. that knitting requires, and uh, that is very, very useful. Um, sorry, before we before we move on from darning, I want to read you this one. I've got a particular reason to do this. Longer life socks will last much longer if toes and heels are reinforced by darning before wearing. Mrs. J. Wales, 92 Cardross Street, Glasgow. Now there is a planning and 
thrift and yeah. pragmatism in that that is really very, very impressive. Mm. She's talking about socks that she expects to last forever, a decade, I'm yeah. sure. Whereas nowadays you go down to some of these cheap shops and you buy mm. six pairs of shop, socks for four quid. And But then I still have socks that I bought from there from ages ago. Maybe not a decade, but yeah. Do you wear socks every day? You don't um, look like a sock wearer. If I'd not at work, yeah, probably. Would you? Well, I don't have sweaty feet inside my trainers. Well, right. Do you wear them under your wellies? Yeah. Do you? What do you mean? under In my wellies, yeah. Well, I Several have, pairs. Do you? Of, obviously. I have something that will knock your socks a, off. A See what I did there? <laughs> I'd rather you hadn't. <laughs> Long wear. If you wear rubber boots or wellingtons, wear undersocks knitted from industrial sewing cotton. They'll lengthen the life of socks or stockings by many months. The cotton is a blue twine sold by string merchants, used to ply and knit in the usual way. Mrs E. Grant, 41 High Street, Buckham Side, Garshields. Right, that makes me think of I'm putting my feet into like a string bag or a string vest. Binder twine. It does. Yeah. Do you remember the soft blue nylon-like twine that she was talking about? Yeah, and Bridget Jones, she made it into asparagus soup. <laughs> That's right, she yeah. did. That's the stuff. <laughs> you see? <But> yeah. <laughs> so have I, you watched Bridget what, what, Jones? You clearly have. have. Well, I was uh, dabbled in you were some present. In I, the room I was well. indeed. Oh, I, I was hammering, making something <laughs> in the corner that was going to solve small problems for small people or something. But yes. So, so are these? So she's knitting socks that go over or under your actual socks. I think you go socks, then these uh, knitted industrial sewing cotton socks, and then the wellies. And it's but you don't just wear one pair of socks in your wellies, do you? I have, I have like a like a sort of scale of of welly socks so i start off with a small sort of what? tenor ankle sock then i go for a slightly longer sort of soft cotton sock mm-hmm. then i go for a, a long knee-high number then i go for a ski sock wow yeah i'm going to you're cozy i know but i'm not my feet are always freezing like i have like serious circulation toe problems <laughs> so they're about they're still numb by the time i leave the house and you did you ever do berries or tatties did you ever do <sighs> no but i know that you support your Soup over your feet to keep them warm. My mum did anyway. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, well, obviously they would be sent away to so the tatties with a flask of soup. And we're talking yeah. about people um, doing the harvest for, oh, yeah. for yeah. berries Sorry, or for potatoes. Yeah. 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 So um, she, my, my granny would send them away with um, flasks of soup for the lunch and a sandwich or whatever. And my mum, mm-hmm. halfway through the day, instead of eating her soup, would pour it on her wellies <laughs> so that her feet. The, the I think she's having you on. I'm sure she's having you on with that. Honestly, it was like a thing. It was uh, they, my. I think my mum definitely did it, and I think my auntie, so my mum's sister, did it a couple of times because Granny always used to go really mental because she'd prepared obviously the soup for them to go away to the ta- the tatties with, and they'd wasted it effectively yeah. on their wellies, yeah. just on the top, not yeah, like not down in and inside, wellies. not no. sort of squishing them out, but. <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah. I, I promise. Well, I'm going to claim right here and now that at some point in the future we're going to do an entire podcast on the tatties and the berries. Oh, we should. I, I don't know anything. I don't know tatties. a lot about it. I have done like peas and stuff, but like before, very, very, very short. Mm. Before we get onto that, can I bring us back to knitting? Oh, yeah. I mean, in the dying yes. seconds of the, yes. of the show. Okay, let me just ask really quickly Connie, can you knit? Yes, ba- very basically. Steve, can you knit? I cannot knit. My mother would have looked at me in a. Worried, worried way if I'd wanted to knit. Mm. I'm sorry, but that's. It's interesting, isn't it? That it's still codified that those gender expectations are yeah. still codified. Uh-huh. I have that deep within me, and any man I hear of who knits, I have. Um, Chris, can you knit? 
I knit a little bit. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anybody who can knit. I, I was raised can in your a wife knit? non-gender fluid way. My wife can knit But a doesn't bit. really? But doesn't I don't knit, really. No. And also, that's how they say the rich stay rich, isn't it? Because they darn their socks rather than just chuck them and buy six for four pounds. But we've, got, we've had all these, these tips on darning, exactly. Whenever you see a posh person driving about in a big car, they love darn Bet they darn their socks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. good for them. On that sock note, I think that's enough for this episode. Sock it to them. Um, <laughs> join us next episode for more genius or possibly madness from the households in Scotland in the 1950s and for more nonsense from us in Scotland today. See you then. If you know anyone who'd enjoy this podcast as much as you do, we'd love it if you'd pass it on. Let them know that they can subscribe free in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcasts. Or you could leave us a wee review or rating on iTunes to help people discover Pass It On for themselves. And don't forget, as a listener to this podcast, you can get an exclusive 20% off the Pass It On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code PODCAST at checkout. Check the episode notes for details and terms.